We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We are one week away from during Josh Allen's tenure, Patrick Mahomes, Going to a ton of Super Bowls. Joe Burrow going to a Super Bowl. And Lamar Jackson going to a Super Bowl. What we never do is come in here, oh my gosh, Lamar wasn't helped by anybody. Poor Lamar, poor Lamar. No, it's Lamar got to win. Lamar got to figure out a way. All this season, Patrick got to figure out a way. Patrick got to make these guys around him better. They're dropping the ball, but this team shouldn't look like this. Oh, why is Patrick freaking out? Guess what Patrick has done? He righted the ship. Josh Allen had a chance. It's fine to come in here and say that he played great, but he didn't do enough. Because that's the truth. That is Ryan Clark debating with Dan Orlovsky about Josh Allen. We said it would be a legacy game, and there it is. Right? I, didn't uh-huh. think, I don't think that point is all that unfair. That he didn't do enough? No, that... When it gets right down to it, mm-hmm. the way that the, the the legacies are built in football, especially quarterback, it's did you win? Yeah, that's really that's what it is. QB wins. We all simultaneously know quarterbacks are not a win. Uh, wins are not a quarterback stat. There's a sure. lot going on. There are things are not equal. Opponents aren't equal. Systems aren't equal. We know that Tua is not as good as Josh Allen, but Tua. Through for more passing yards than Josh mm-hmm. Allen. We know that when it comes to legacies, winning the Super Bowl is the thing. Getting to a Super Bowl is the thing. MVPs are mm-hmm. the thing. And in those, Allen, for reasons beyond his control often, has come up short. I, I don't think that's wrong to say for Ryan Clark. I mean, it's you don't have to agree with it, yep. but I don't think it's crazy. To say it like that. I mean, Allen's tough because... But, but, like, but, but, but let's be real. Allen, on the final drive of the game, could have done more, done better. No, he could have. He could have He could have stepped up in the pocket and drove the ball to Khalil Shakir for a touchdown. And or, it would have been an iconic moment. Or thrown it to somebody else on second and third and played... Yeah. Again, that doesn't yep. mean like you think, wow, he blew it. That's, that's not how you feel. It's just in the moment. Mm-hmm. Could you have done more? He could have. He did make one of the craziest throws yes, he did. of the NFL season uh, on a touchdown to Khalil Shakir. I mean, it is. It, I get it. It's tough the day after to hear that, though, because I did, could he have done more in that game specifically? Again, like maybe there were spots here and there where he could have, but I felt like he did all he was supposed to, right? He did, he did the job. I, I don't put that loss on him. I don't. I, it will go on his resume. He. This. This is where my frustration even grows with the Bills even more. Whose fault is it that Josh Allen's face is now across graphics all over social media that he's zero three against Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs? Is that his fault? No. It's more. It's more. It's more not his fault than it is his fault. 
Right. I'll bring back the Mike Florio from NFL Network, not from Pro Football Talk. I'll bring back that tweet and get some more calls here. That in three Bills Chiefs playoffs games, Mahomes has nine touchdowns. The Chiefs have averaged 36 yards per game. The Bills defense has not forced a turnover or a sack. Any other team loses by multiple touchdowns. Fact the games have been close speaks to Allen's greatness, not against it. Mm-hmm. I think that's a f- totally fair point. The Bills have been close to beating a team that routinely walks up and down the field on them, on their defense. Their defense had a terrible day. They did the last time they played, and the time before they played, all in the postseason. They have their worst days in the postseason. So 803 I, I liked that point. To this, to back that up, when the Bengals beat Mahomes in the yeah. playoffs, the Bengals yeah. forced two picks and four sacks when they beat them. The Bucks two interceptions and five sacks in the Super Bowl. Those are one game. Yeah, the Bills have had zero sacks and zero interceptions in three matchups. Right. And what was the thing Lou Anarumo got talked about for? Like he changed things up right on the on the Chiefs. They rushed three. They rushed three. They had that delayed blitzer. They had a spy that they were using. They were mixing up coverages. Like they were doing a bunch of different things because hey, we're trying to figure out what works against this guy. We'll even rush only three guys. Let's try that. See if it works. Oh, it's working. Let's do it. The Bills. Trot out the same formation, the same scheme, the same everything every time they play them. It's why Mahomes said last year that the Bills are a better matchup than the Bengals. It's it, what he didn't say that because of Josh Allen. He said that because Sean McDermott's defense. McDermott's face should really be one of the one <laughs> graphic that says zero and three against Andy Reid in the playoffs. His former boss beats him every time. Eight oh three oh five fifty. Mo in New Jersey next up. Go ahead, Mo. Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? Morning, good Mo. Yeah, so I mean along the lines of what you guys were just saying with Sean McDermott. Um, it's not why I called specifically, but I do I just don't I think he's a great regular season coach. There's no question about that. But in the playoffs in these big moments, he just comes up small. The reason I called though was because of our offensive coordinator. I you know we love our guys. Like, that's the one thing about us as Bills fans. We love our guys, right? Brady's one of our guys now. I would love for him to succeed, but I just don't think that he's the answer. I watched the game. I watched Jordan Love going up and down the field. Matt LaFleur, obviously, he's their coach. He calls their offensive plays. There's more creativity, or so it seems, in their offense to get players wide open, running around the field, and pretty much went toe-to-toe with San Francisco, right? And here we are, our coach is telling our offensive coordinator whether or not it's true, but hey, let's run, run, run. Let's take the ball out of our best player's hand and try to limit the possession because we're afraid of the other guy on the, uh, on the other side of the, you know, the field. And it's just, it's that mentality. Like we need somebody to come in and challenge McDermott, right? Whether or not, you know, it's somebody like Cliff Clingsbury or whomever. Just it's somebody that can say, "Look, this is what we need to do. We need to design the offense around Josh Allen. We need to pull the ball more. I love running the ball, but like you guys said yesterday, where did running the ball get us? Right? It just put us where we are now, looking towards next season. It's just sickening, and it's every single year. I love Sean McDermott. I don't think he's going to get fired, at least not this season." But we really need to start looking outside the organizations for different answers. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of why I called. Mm. Thanks, Mo. I, outside the organization, I mean, 
I don't even expect like that. That kind of sounds to me like what's happening in Philadelphia right now. Which, if you don't know what's happening there, it sounds like Ron Rivera is going to end up their defensive coordinator because him and the owner like know each other mm. and are friends. And there's a sentiment there that Sirianni isn't even picking his coordinators anymore. Like he doesn't have that much power. He's not getting fired, but that even that. You know, you can. I think you can rightly say I don't. There's no expectation that Sean McDermott's not going to be their head coach. I also have no expectation that the current setup, which seems to be that Bean doesn't have the authority to fire fire him, and McDermott has autonomy over who his coaches are. I I don't expect any change in that situation either. If if McDermott wants to stay in house, they're going to stay in house for all of it. Yeah, I mean, they elevated a guy in house. And it that went, they did bring in, by the way, I mean, right. everyone was, comes originally from somewhere else. Although, actually, wait a minute, now that I say that, Joe Brady was like a William and Mary guy, so I don't know how far back his roots really do go back with McDermott. So, I expect Joe Brady to be the offensive coordinator. Yeah. Instead of going and hiring, you know, whoever just got fired as a head coach or going and bringing in, what did the Ravens do? The Ravens. Had, had had Harbaugh ever worked with Todd Monken before, or did he just know, hey, this guy was really good at Georgia? Yeah, That's kind of something McDermott did, right, when he hired Brian Dable. Let me go hire the best offensive coordinator in college football, Brian Dable. Let's let's bring him in. I don't know him, but let's do it. He's from here. He probably wants to come back. I mean, imagine if next week they, they announced that they were hiring who? Chip Kelly. <laughs> Right. That probably wasn't the right name to pick, but he, I know he was in college. I think it's going to be Joe Brady. Yeah, I think so too. And that doesn't have to be a problem. I mean, it just – I mentioned this earlier. It gets down to wherever they go in the draft, we kind of make our own assumptions about how much control McDermott has on the roster. And if mm-hmm. they go defensive tackle linebacker in their first two picks, yeah, it's going to feel like ne- how many, negligence how, again, How many right? positions it's, – it's safety and it's D-line, by the way, for the defense, right? And – Sure, with Rasul Douglas and Christian Benford at corner, you don't have to do it now. And if Trey White's still on the roster and yeah. Kyrie Elam is still on the roster, like that's four names already. Yeah, Taron Johnson's still here. Yeah, and the linebacking core, I mean, if everyone's healthy, it's Bernardo Milano forever. So, Or at least for the time being. So defensive line and safety. safety. And receiver. And receiver. Man, I hope receiver wins that battle. <laughs> well... I'm going to do the thing I've done for three years now, which is they need a receiver so badly it's obscene. I will defend second-round receiver. I will, I'm will. i not going to get yeah. that mad day one because day two receivers, there's tons of good options, and this class is amazing. So, you know, I, I, I will drive the train and then immediately defer to not going to panic until mm-hmm. they pass on it in round two. There's a lot of good round two. There always is. Yeah. Well, this is where the, the even this can go to Sunday. They should have already had this player in the building because now you're looking at Gabe Davis is going to walk out the door. It's what he sounded like yesterday. And if Gabe Davis is gone, okay, second-round rookie. That can work, by the way, right away. I'm not saying it can't. Rashi Rice just stepped up for the Chiefs in the second half of the year. It can but you're now counting on a rookie to basically replace being your number two boundary receiver. Versus, had you already had the guy in the house, you would know, you would have a better idea of whether that guy's capable of it, or the guy would be into year two or year three, you'd feel more comfortable with him assuming Gabriel Davis's role. And on Sunday, when Davis missed, 
you wouldn't have had a special teamer as your number two boundary receiver. You would have had that rookie ready to go. Yep. I mean, this is this is very off-season talk, but... Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. I mean, what I really am going to want to see them do is do that with a second-round rookie and also go get your one-year, $7 million Emmanuel Sanders. Right. So that you ha- you're you not one injury away or, oh, the rookie's not as good as we thought. We we got unlucky. We got our Nikhil Harry instead of or our um, Quentin Johnston instead of our Zay Flowers. So, oh, it's okay, though. We got this veteran here, too. Like, they, they, need, they need lots of help at that position because Davis – Sounds like he's not going to be a part of it. They would have needed a receiver even if Davis was still under contract. The receivers that are available in free agency, I mean, it, it it's a good class, isn't it? Yeah, it's a good class. Like Pittman, I know, and is I out might there. Even, I might even want to say that prices should be down because of the draft class. Mm-hmm. There's a right. There's a whole that happened last year, right? There's yeah. thirty guys that are going to come in for cheap, and that should keep prices somewhat reasonable at receiver in free agency. My guess is you could find a guy. There might even be a good number of guys down on this list that wait until post-draft to sign. Mm -hmm. But here's your free agent list of receivers. Mike Evans. I mean, you want that guy? No, it's going to be expensive. Mike Evans, Odell Beckham, Curtis Samuel, Tyler Boyd, Kendrick Bourne, uh, Paris Campbell. You said Michael Pittman, Calvin Ridley, T. Higgins. Yep, big one. Tyler Boyd might be that one-year, $8 million guy, no? Yep. He, then then there's going to be like your flyer territory, like Sterling Shepard. Is that a flyer guy? Yeah. Even that. A guy like that. Yep. Someone that is has started in the league, like consistently. Not, again, they were one injury away from a guy who's played plenty more snaps at gunner in his <laughs> career than wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, last year it was the same thing. Gabe Davis missed a game against the Titans. Who started? Jake Kumaro, who, same thing, played more snaps at gunner. That's where my, Don't be an injury away from your gunner having to play important snaps as your number two outside receiver. 8030550 and 1888552550. Matt Bovey is going to join us bottom of the hour, getting ready for Sean McDermott's press conference end of season, which will be today. Uh, 11 o'clock, then Brandon being around noon. We hope to carry both live. I was thinking about the game yesterday and how just monumentally disappointing it was to lose that game to the mm. Chiefs. In part, Joe, because, I don't know, like I, I, I think I spent that day thinking it would be different this time. And, you know, I'm sure Bills fans kind of do this. When I, when I tune into the Extra Point Show with Sal, you and Sal yesterday, you know, as he's talking about just how sad it all is that it comes to an end that Bills fans pour themselves into this. I kind of actually felt that, I mean, I always do, but yesterday especially just because, you know, you start mm. to believe maybe this is actually the year that they they do something. And if they'd gotten by the Chiefs, I, I don't know, I feel like they could beat Baltimore. Maybe, maybe not. I feel like they could. Yeah, I mean, maybe they their, would be underdogs for th- sure. Three-point underdogs. They, yeah. they would have been a less of an underdog than the Chiefs. The look-ahead lines had them less of an underdog yeah. as the Chiefs. And then the NFC, like, all right, the Niners, 
McDermott has generally had answers against those kind of defenses, but maybe not with the health situation they had. I mean, A.J. Mm-hmm. Klein, Dane Jackson, like you were going to get picked on by the best offensive coordinators in the league, and they yeah. did. They got picked on. The, the The troubling thing for me is when you are healthy, they've picked on you too. You right. Know, we've gone over the Mahomes numbers. We've gone over the last four playoff elimination numbers. Teams averaged three and a half points per drive against this defense in their last four playoff elimination games, and that is ob- I'm going to say like obnoxious, absurd. And it's, this was—it's inc- incredible how much success these teams have had against this defense four straight yeah. years. And this Chiefs team was supposed to be different. Supposed to be their weakest version of themselves. Yeah, and they—they they faced a weak version of your defense because the injuries, and they lit you up. And they made some plays, I know, but. The Chiefs have played bad defenses this year. The Raiders are not a great defense. They they kept the Chiefs in check multiple times this year. I mean, they played teams that weren't all that good, and even with an AJ Klein in, the Bills maybe were about as good as who the the uh, how about the Bengal defense at the end of the year? And that's a game where Mahomes was okay. They ran the ball a lot in that game. The Eagle game is really the one to point to earlier in the year. The Eagles at linebacker might have been as bad as the Bills were on Sunday. Those guys can't cover a no they can't cover a nosebleed, anything. And they kept the Chiefs to 17 points. They they found a way. They had their success. How come this Bills defense couldn't do it? Because right. yes, you had your injuries, but this is not the normal Chiefs. This isn't an injured Bills defense against Tyreek Hill and Travis 1500-yard Travis Kelsey. This is against 900-yard Travis Kelsey and a rookie receiver who didn't even do all that much in the game. And behind that, it's just a, it's a bunch of guys. The number one thing I want to know from this game, and I I won't be there today at McDermott's press conference. I hope someone asks this, but I, I want to follow up on Tyler Bass, who has deactivated his Instagram and social media. Yeah, like has, all has, the social has media presumably yeah. been hit with tons of you know hate and insults from. Probably not even from Bills fans. Who knows? Maybe maybe non-Bills fans just want to take a shot at a guy because it's social media, or maybe he just doesn't want to see it in passing, right? Like maybe if yeah. you're if you're on Twitter, if he's on Twitter, for instance, and he's just scrolling through, even if it's not directed at him, he'll probably see it. Yeah. Then again, it probably was Bills fans. I mean, you you tweeted out a video of Gabe Davis and Bills fans getting into a shouting match after the game. So yeah, it, it's ugly. But what I want to know is. What down? What distance would McDermott have gone for a fourth down when they kicked the field goal? Because, uh, listen, I'm not the computer New York Times bot that runs the numbers, but let's just mm. let's do a, a, a quick run of the numbers. What are the chances that Bass makes that kick? It's not an easy kick. Forty-four yards. Yeah, right. He'd missed a bunch of those this year. Not yeah. an easy kick. He's yep. not had a good postseason. What are the odds he makes that kick? Okay, F- take that number, factor it over here. What are the odds you get a stop on defense of Mahomes? I don't think anybody loves those odds. Let's right. say you do. Now you're in, in, a, in a minute and 40, right. nonetheless, with with timeouts they had. Yeah, a yeah. minute 40. Let's say you get that stop. Now you're in overtime. What are the chances you win? 50-50? Let's call it a coin toss. Yep. So you were hoping for a kick, a stop, to get to 50-50. Yeah. What, what would you have gone for? It's fourth and four. Do you go for it? Because the best chance I think the Bills had to actually win that game and, mm. and steal it in a way would be they're going to go for the fourth down here because they're going to try and score a touchdown yeah. late enough that Mahomes, not even Mahomes can answer the way he has answered them so many times before. One of the f- <laughs> It's funny. 
one of the fun moments of the game that kind of gets lost. If you weren't there at the game, maybe you don't you would know about this, and I wonder if you would remember this. You were there at the game. Mm. The Chiefs had a drive with 26 seconds left. 20 seconds left. Mm-hmm. Maybe 21. End of the half? End of the half. Yeah. They threw the ball and got a minus play and a holding, and then they kneeled it out. Yeah. And you know how it goes, Joe. Sensitive subject. Boy, 20 seconds. That is enough for Mahomes to put three on the board. Yeah. And the Bills made the stop, and as time ticks out, there's a big, big, growing cheer in the stadium at halftime. Yeah. That had the vibe of halfway there. Yeah. You're halfway there. You're winning. You're at home. Finish the job. You stopped them. I know it's I know stopping them with twenty seconds left in the half is But you, that that was important. You, yes, it was. <laughs> I mean, even for Psyche. You always know those could be points. The Chiefs, remember, I pointed out on Twitter the the week leading up that the regular season meeting after 13 seconds, the Chiefs drove down 35 yards with 12 seconds left to kick a field goal. Yeah. Which is hilarious. Right. (laughs) It's insane. They had 20. They had more than enough. So I hope he gets asked today. But they were getting an ovation as they ran off the field. That's right. I want to know today, was there a fourth down distance you would have gone for that? You know, fourth and an inch? Do you tush push for it? Maybe. Do you go for fourth and five? Don't we think he for sure would have gone for it on like fourth and one? Fourth and one, I think they would have. But fourth and four. Fourth and four. Fourth and four, I without even looking at the numbers, that you gotta go for that. There's no way that your chances of like you like you said, getting the kick, getting the stop, and then getting a, the win in overtime when it's fifty fifty is higher than the Bills getting five yards. Right. Even as as pedestrian as they were on offense, and they were getting the five, six yards. And beyond that, it's a it's a day where they they knew they couldn't stop the Chiefs. Right. You know you can't. And that's why they did a fake punt, isn't that, it? That's why they, they did, fake that, punted. Why'd they do the fake punt? They did the fake punt because they knew they couldn't stop the Chiefs. Everything they did was, you know, why'd they run clock? Why'd they run on second and shorts? Because they wanted to shorten the game because they felt like they couldn't stop the Chiefs. And when did they decide that? Was it early on? Because this is another thing that yesterday in, you know, chatting with people on Twitter and arguing, fighting about the game, when did we decide that the Chiefs were simply, they, they're they just too good, can't possibly imagine stopping them? Because that was not the thought going into the game until the injuries showed up. So, right. and then the Bills were winning a red zone battle. It's 17-13. You can win the game by just being better in the red zone. And somewhere along the way it was decided they're simply too good you can't stop them. Okay, what fourth down distance would you have gone for that? I think they should have gone for fourth and nine mm-hmm. because I thought the kick was a death sentence. Eight oh three oh five fifty. We'll see if uh, that does come up today with Sean McDermott. He'll speak with the media coming up in the 11 o'clock hour. We'll carry that for you. Brandon Bean, 12 o'clock. Jeremy and Joe, Matt Beauvais is going to join us on the other side. He does the podcast with Sal. It's always game day in Buffalo. We'll take some of your calls, get Matt's thoughts, wrapping up the season as we all head into off-season mode. Take your calls, chat about it, have a good time together as best we can. It is, uh, you know, off-season Tuesday here on WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.